The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to our Monday show as we kick off another week of our U.K. sports conversations each and every day here on the Leach Report. Coming up today, Chris Dortch from the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald-Leader, and Keith Farmer from the BBN Tonight Show and WLEX-TV. That's our guest lineup to lead us off on this Monday off a a big Kentucky victory on Saturday night that we will uh, talk about over LSU. So we roll into the Wildcat news of the day. The 82 points represents a season high for Kentucky. 82-69 82-69 victory as the uh, Wildcats jumped out to a 13-point halftime lead. LSU, I think, got to within five at one point uh, before Kentucky pushed it back out. Uh, B.J. Boston had a key role in pushing that lead back out for Kentucky when LSU made its run. He finished with 18 for the second game in a row and starting to look like it's Kind of coming together uh, for B.J. Not all the way there yet, but uh, has definitely taken some major steps forward in these last two games. Kentucky had only nine turnovers and had 15 assists. And early in the game when LSU was pressing him, enabling Kentucky to to get out in uh, open court, uh, they really were moving the ball well. Most of their assists came in that early portion of the game. Uh, Keon Brooks turning into... One of those guys that uh, Cal was longing for, somebody you can pencil in numbers and feel pretty uh, likely you're going to get them night in and night out. Let's say it's 12 and 6 maybe for for Keon. Well, he got 15 points and 9 boards in this game. Um, Isaiah Jackson got into early foul trouble and had to sit most of the first half, but uh, when he played in the second half, he was tremendous on the backboard as uh, Kentucky won the boards convincingly, and Jackson had 15 rebounds in 16 minutes of play, and it was one and done for LSU with Jackson in the game there late. When they missed, he he more often than not went up, snatched the rebound with two hands, and claimed it for Kentucky. So uh, definitely some significant signs of encouragement if you're a Kentucky fan in this game. Now, the key is... Where do they go from here? Uh, because this was on the heels of maybe the most disappointing loss of the season, um, the uh, one-pointer down at Georgia. And Kentucky now finds itself at 5-9 and nine overall, 4-3 and three in the league as they head into a stretch in which they play at Alabama tomorrow night, Texas at home on Saturday, at Missouri on Tuesday, and then Tennessee here on February 6th. So the uh, next two weeks is a uh, brutal stretch in the schedule for Kentucky. Now, Calipari's framing it up as a great opportunity, and he is, in fact, correct. You you know, if you come out of this in decent shape, then the schedule looks uh, much more favorable down the stretch for Kentucky uh, to, at minimum, get a little bit above uh, 500 overall. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a long shot 
to to be an at-large contender. The main point at the, for the NCAA tournament, I think the main thing you focus on at this point is just trying to uh, build on the performance that we saw Saturday and get uh, in a position where uh, Kentucky can be a serious contender to win the SEC tournament title uh, in uh, Nashville and uh, clinch an automatic bid to the tournament, um, as was uh, the case way back in uh, 79 in the first year of the tournament. And Kentucky uh, nearly pulled it off when they had no shot at an at-large bid but nearly won the tournament. So uh, we'll talk about uh, the Cats' revival and if it's going to last as we move through the program today. The U.K. women had a rough day down in Knoxville as uh, number 25 Tennessee beat Kentucky 70-53 to and just a convincing victory all the way around for the Lady Vols. No more so than on the backboard, where they out-rebounded Kentucky 56-25. to uh, Kentucky made only 29% of its shots from the floor. I was listening to the start of the game on radio, and uh, Darren Hedrick was talking about how uh, just kind of Kentucky was standing around a lot, um, and lethargic offensively. For, for whatever reason, they did not bring it to this game, and they fall to 11-4 and overall and 4-3 and in the league. Uh, Kentucky picked up a football recruiting commitment over the weekend. Jeremiah Caldwell out of Michigan, four-star cornerback who's 6'3", so a cornerback kind of in the mold of you know the Chris Westry, Derek Beatty, Lonnie Johnson type uh, with a great length at the corner position. He's in the class of 2022. Super Bowl matchup is set. Tampa Bay and Kansas City, and you have a Kentucky connection on each side. Mike Edwards getting to his first Super Bowl with the Bucks. Uh, he moved into a starting role yesterday. Played uh, looked like played well for the Bucks, um, and now uh, he may get to start in a Super Bowl. And then Kansas City's linebacker coach, of course, is Matt House, who got a Super Bowl ring last year with the Chiefs after being Kentucky's uh, defensive coordinator through the Citrus Bowl season. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. When we come back, Chris Dortch will join the program. We'll talk a little bit about the Cats and the upcoming matchup with the Alabama Crimson Tide. It is the Leach Report Radio Network from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studios. Our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com online to bring on Chris Storch from the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook. And Chris, little hope has been rekindled here in the bluegrass with a win over LSU on Saturday on the heels of a, a dismal uh, loss at Georgia on Wednesday. So, uh, what do you make of uh, what Kentucky did on Saturday? Well, that was a big win. I, I think if if you look at, you know, if you look at the the, the wins that that Kentucky has managed to to grab out of the SEC, that of course the road double overtime at Mississippi State was was huge. Uh, road uh, at Florida, and now beating a, an LSU team that's a high scoring team and and a handful for anybody in the league. So I think it's, it's a way forward. You know, it's funny. A lot of people are talking about how the blue bloods Duke, Carolina, Kentucky aren't ranked for the first time since, I don't know, Kennedy was in office. Uh, But um, 
I, I think this is a different season than any other. I think this was a particularly bad season to put a young team on the floor, and it's no surprise that all those schools I just mentioned, even Carolina, which had to rebuild after a, a bad year last year, are relying heavily on freshmen. And this is a tough year to do that, as you know. Uh, you've been through it as, as badly as anybody trying to get to games and but uh, I, I just think that there's so many there's been so many stops and starts there's been no continuity even though I'm really glad that we've had two months worth of games now there's been no real continuity and I think that's hurt Kentucky as badly as anyone simply because even though they're talented they're young and uh, you know the, the veteran teams, if you look at the Gonzagas, the Villanovas, Baylor, uh, those are the teams that have withstood this the best. Yeah, it certainly seems to be the uh, the case. And it um, shouldn't, I guess, surprise us uh, when you have so many unusual circumstances added into the equation that uh, teams that have that veteran uh, presence are going to uh, probably uh, – handle that better and this is uh, the the most the newest roster that cal's ever had so that um but that is it, you know that is what it is at this point they've got to uh, find a way to uh, to try to manage it can't do you think they can uh, still salvage uh, a a run here over the last few weeks of the regular season there's no question when you've got games left you're you're always you always have a chance and typically, if, if you think back about it, and again, you would know as well as anybody, but maybe a week or so from now is about the time that Cal always uh, presses, presses that igniter button and a, a team that, you know, largely made up of, of guys that were stars and leading scorers where they had been previously have finally figured out how to put it all together and subordinate their skills and you know i think that's part of it here uh uh, you know obviously keon brooks uh his return is is huge uh you know i wrote about allen giving them another dependable shooter i think cal has has realized that mintz is, is a guy that can can really help and Saar, he's he's sort of been up and down. Of course, he's going to get double covered, but I think he's he's delivered pretty much what I I think they would have hoped. So I think the ingredients are there. It's just a it's a weird league right now uh, as the teams sort of cannibalize one another. A case in point: Tennessee was cruising along, and then they lose Jaden Springer, the five star freshman, who. I don't know if he would have prevented them getting waxed at Florida and losing at home to Missouri, but he would have made it a lot closer because he's a guy that can score, and they're just having trouble scoring right now. And and so it's a fine line. I mean, this was a team that last week Tennessee was ranked sixth in the country, and then they got, like I said, killed at Florida and and handily beaten at home by Missouri, uh, the same team that they had beaten by 20 in Columbia, and Jaden Springer, I, th- I think, was a huge factor. His loss, he's a guy that can score at all three levels and is also one of their best passers. So it's that final line this year, I think, 
in terms of key personnel uh, and in terms of experience. Like I said, uh, Alabama is, is kind of a little bit of an exception to that rule, except if you look at the guys that are leading them now, John Petty and Herbert Jones, you know, both seniors, uh, they've got a bunch of other newcomers, but when you've got two stalwarts like that, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be able to produce results. They were a little slow out of the gate, but they're as confident as any team in the country right now. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Bama and uh, Kentucky's rematch with the Tide tomorrow night when we come back with Chris Dorch uh, from Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook. It's uh, Blue Ribbon Yearbook. Dot com on the web, and we'll be right back. It's the Leach Report, Radio Network. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Chris Storch with us from the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook. Uh, where else besides uh, Blue Ribbon Yearbook online? BlueRibbonYearbook.com can folks find your work? Well, NBA.com. Uh, I haven't started that back up for the year, but my my stuff is still there. And then uh, we have a Blue Ribbon has a newsletter, BlueRibbon.substack.com. And uh, so a lot of it's free, but some of it's subscription. But we do a podcast. I think you were a guest on a couple of weeks ago. We appreciate yep. that. Uh, so uh, it's a new thing this year that we're doing. Um, let's talk a little bit about the rematch between Kentucky and Alabama because Kentucky, when that game occurred two weeks ago, uh, 13 days ago, was coming off a big win at Florida, playing for first place in the SEC, and Alabama came in and uh, walloped them by 20, uh, made 14 threes. Alabama's made 66 threes in the last four games. Um, you know, early in the season, they uh, they were at one point four and three after they lost seventy three seventy one to Western Kentucky on December the nineteenth. What has kicked into gear in this nine game winning streak? It's funny. I was talking to Rick Stansbury about that the other day. How how did you manage to go in there and beat Alabama and Charles Bassey, the big man, at you know went for twenty seven and fourteen? But I don't think Bama was as confident then as they are now. Uh, I think they, as, as John Petty goes, they go, and boy, when he's shooting it, the, the basket looks as big as the ocean. And uh, just two weeks ago, they were only shooting 32% from three, and now they've got that up to 36% as a team. And they've just got so many guys up and down the lineup that can shoot it. You know, even Herbert Jones now, uh, I remember talking to, Nate Oates in the summer for my Blue Ribbon story, and he said if Herbert Jones could ever get to to the mid to high thirty percentage in in three, you know he's a you know ten year NBA pro. Well, he's shooting you know limited sample size, but he's shooting forty eight percent from three right now. Uh, the, the the freshman Josh Primo has come in shooting at forty one percent. They've just got shooters up and down the lineup, and they've even. They're even missing the kid from Yale, Jordan Bruner, who hurt his knee. Uh, it's a meniscus tear. I think he will be back. But the the thing about basketball, it, it's it's such a game. A wise old coach once told me that the best thing you could do for your players is is don't make them think too much. Allow them to react. 
And I think that's what Nate Oates' teams do. Uh, they're aggressive on both ends of the floor. And I think that leads to confidence. When you see a couple go in, you could, they can bury people. I mean, they, they, they buried Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, you know, they, they bury everybody they're playing right now. It, it's just, it's amazing, but it, it's, it's all about the defensive pressure they apply and the abandon at which they shoot the basketball. And what really makes it all go is that they've got people that can break you down off the dribble, get to the rim, and if you don't get in their way, they're going to score. If you halfway get in their way, they're going to get fouled, which is another thing they like to do is shoot free throws. And if you block their path, that means there's a shooter open. And they've got five shooters on the floor at any one time. And they're just a tough, tough team to defend. Everything, you look at the shot chart, and it's either threes or shots at the rim, and they are the team everybody talks about right now when it comes to the phrase modern basketball. Uh, are, but you've, you've said they're a very veteran team, uh, which is uh, uh, rarely happens, it seems, these days anymore. So is it um, what they're doing or more who they're doing it with? That's a good question. I, I think if you look up and down the lineup, they've, they've got two key veterans, John Petty, Herbert Jones. Uh, everybody knows how, how well Petty shoots it and, and how versatile and uh, Swiss Army knife that Her, Herbert Jones is. But if you look, Shackleford's a sophomore, Quinterly's a sophomore, Primo's a freshman. Uh, you know, Keon Ellis uh, is a junior college transfer. Same with James Rojas, who didn't play last year because he was hurt. So they're getting a lot of mileage out of young guys uh, who have just really bought into the system. And what what I think has happened, and the reason that Blue Ribbon, we, we, picked, 30 seconds Alabama number, we picked them 14 in the country. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that they're just, uh, they've got so much depth. And uh, they're so athletic, and it's just a great combination. Yeah, and you know, if you look at the the analytics, their defense is actually ranked higher than their offense at uh, KenPom dot com. So they're they're getting it done at both ends of the floor. Uh, Chris, appreciate the time as always. Uh, we will uh, chat again as we uh, move on down the road. But um, enjoy the hoops. Thanks, buddy. Take care. That's uh, Chris Dorch, Blue Ribbon Yearbook dot com. Uh, look for his podcast as well, where you uh, shop for fine podcasts. And we'll be right back with Ben Roberts of the Hilton. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. It is the second half of the Leach Report for this Monday. Ben Roberts joins us on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline from the Lexington Herald-Leader, KentuckySports.com. Cats have a rematch with Bama tomorrow night, and then uh, Texas, then at Missouri, and then Tennessee at home. So this is uh, a a five-game stretch, really, counting LSU, where you have teams that were all ranked in the Ken Palm Top 40. They've not... Knocked off the first one. Um, how, what kind of shot do you give them for the rematch in Tuscaloosa tomorrow night, Ben? Uh, I think I'll have to see it to believe it tomorrow <laughs> night. Uh, that, I mean, obviously, the way that first one went and, and 
what we've seen from Alabama and some other games, uh, especially here recently, that's going to be a, a really tough task to come back from that. I, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything that's out there. That yeah, they they look good on Saturday. Kentucky did, but um, until they can look good and possibly win against a team like Alabama, um, might still be a, a little bit away from this turnaround. If you're a Kentucky player uh, and you want to you know, recapture your season, uh, this is the week. I mean, Cal said this, this stretch is a great opportunity, and uh, this is this week in particular with uh, Bama on the road and then uh, Texas at home to, I guess when the polls come out today, they'll probably be uh, both in the top 15. Uh, you win those two, and uh, you get people talking. Yeah, and, I, you know, I think I think right now the most realistic path to the NCAA tournament is still the SEC tournament, assuming we have one of those, um, but... I do think, you know, there's there's going to have to be an awful lot of emphasis put on the eye test uh, once uh, once the committee gets to that point. And if you can, you know, Kentucky's record isn't going to look great probably at the end of this season, no matter what. But if you can if you can knock off a team like Alabama, a team like Texas, both of those, you can go beat Tennessee and Missouri. Uh, that's that's going to go a long, long way. Uh, I think when uh, when they get to the the point of uh, sorting out these tournament teams. Uh, when they faced Alabama here, uh, it was just a, an early onslaught of threes. Cal has talked since then about uh, something they did strategically that uh, uh, he told his guys not to, uh, you know, run through the shooter basically to just stay on your feet. And uh, um, he didn't like how that looked. And so they'll they'll change what the way they guard it, guard Alabama. But going to be uh, the question is can they find something that, that gives them some level of effectiveness if you know kentucky defensively um has good good numbers i mean if you just looked at kentucky's defensive numbers you'd you know you'd ha- you'd think you have a team that's in the top 20 it's uh, the struggles obviously have been mostly on the offensive end i was looking uh, in the two years that nate oates has been at alabama if you simply keep them under 75 points they're one and nine now they yeah. don't do that often yeah, I don't. I don't. From watching several games, I don't know how you do that. Yeah, I mean, that's the challenge. So they they move the ball so well. They shoot the ball so well. I mean, obviously, like you said, yeah, Kentucky has been a really good defensive team this, this season. I think that gets lost a lot because they've been so ugly on the offensive end, and and often good defense looks ugly too. So I I, I think I think people have overlooked that, but when you're talking about a team like Alabama with a lot of veterans and a lot of veterans who were, who were also really good recruits when they were, I mean, these were guys who stuck around a while um, and, and got better and, and were good to start with. So yeah, I just, it's, it's a tough task. I mean, if they can win tomorrow night, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer, but until, until then, I think we still have to kind of take a step back and then see what they do. Yeah, and that's uh, that's understandable. I mean, this was a a nice win over LSU. You, you season high in, in points, but um, you know, if, if you um, want to be taken seriously as as far as turning it around, uh, you've got to um, get something done this week. I think you've got two great opportunities. Uh, this is a ch- this is a chance to to make a statement. Um, and one guy that could key that. Uh, has been playing well the last two games is B.J. Boston. You watched him a lot, I'm sure, as he came up through his uh, high school career. And he 
has struggled tremendously in his first season here. The last two games have been better. Now, maybe it was coming off the bench down in Georgia. Uh, maybe it was going back, you know, to his home area that got him going. I know in watching, I watched practice Tuesday before the Georgia game, and he looked sensational. Um, much, you know, he wasn't shying away from contact as much. He was just shooting the ball with a lot more confidence. And uh, in talking to uh, somebody on the staff, they said, you know, it had been that way, you know, for a couple of days. So maybe it was, you know, how poorly he played at Auburn that, that finally was kind of rock bottom for him. Who knows what got him going. But um, how can he uh, maybe, if he can build on what we've seen these last two games, how can he change Kentucky? Well, I think, I've, you know, I think what we've seen the last two games is still just kind of the tip of the iceberg for what, we expected to see from him all season, and and I think it still goes back to that no off season, no preseason, no exhibition, no cupcake games. I mean, that's where guys, especially guys like Brandon, that's where they become better and, and really start to realize their their potential and get that confidence. Um, I mean, you can't if you're going if you're you know a skinny kid and and uh, <laughs> you're you're playing through all this contact against teams like Kansas and and these big teams Kentucky was playing against you, you don't really have a whole lot of room to grow confidence wise and he never got that and now he's starting to get some and you know the the best that I saw him when he was in high school was when he could get to that mid-range, beat his guy off the dribble, get to that mid-range, and just elevate over everybody. Because nobody, I mean, once he does that, nobody's going to block that shot because he just gets so high and he's got so much length. And he's got a smooth shot when he can do it. He hadn't done it as much where he was missing shots. He's done it more these past couple games. And then he's a really good passer, and people have not seen that, except for maybe, again, these past couple games. He's got really good vision when he wants to pass the ball, and then finishing through contact, which he really hadn't done, and still kind of slipped up on, on that here in the past week. But, I mean, these are all areas where I think if you get him in a normal season, a normal environment, he fixes a lot of this stuff a month or two ago, and now we're, it's just taking a little more time, like with everything this season. Talk with Ben Roberts from the Herald Leader. We'll take a quick break and then uh, come back for uh, one more segment. Our show served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And they have a new online ordering system. Makes things more efficient for you. If you want to get the curbside pickup or order through DoorDash as well, that's now an option. And they still have their heated patio as well as you can dine inside in Palomar and Hamburg for Wild Eggs of Lexington. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Chat with Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald Leader on our KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. I see Hunter Salas is set uh, to announce his college basketball choice, I think, on March 26th. And Kentucky's a major player there. How's this looking at the moment, Ben? Yeah, the the timing of that probably isn't the best for Kentucky because um, that NCAA debt period uh, due to COVID-19 is still in effect through mid-April. So, Basically, uh, Hunter visited Gonzaga last January, uh, but before the pandemic, they were the only school to get to host him for an official visit. Um, and then Kentucky offered over the summer, North Carolina offered around that same time. He really wanted to get to both of those schools. Um, I was told he, he and his family almost jumped in the car in November and just, uh, kind of made the drive and, um, kind of did a self-guided tour of the campus. Uh, but they couldn't make that work in their schedule, so they didn't end up doing that. So now he's not going 
get to visit um, either one of those places. He has already visited Gonzaga. Gonzaga's already was kind of emerging as a possible leader over Kentucky, so it's kind of all adding up to to uh, probably not the best of outcomes for UK with, with Hunter Salas. Gonzaga's got an outstanding uh, freshman currently, and now if they were to land Salas, is uh, something changing for the Zags in terms of their ability to uh, get into some of the, the bluer chip recruits? Yeah, I mean... I think obviously their sustained uh, success has been a big part, and then just that um, you know the system they have in place, the culture out there. I think it, it's from kids that I've talked to who have visited there, uh, they they just feel at home. They they feel like it's a place they can uh, they can uh, they can progress and become better players. And um, I mean, you know, that style of play I think is also. If you're watching them on television, you can kind of, especially Hunter Salas can watch Jalen Suggs and and really see himself in that role. And you know they've also they're kind of emerging as the favorite for Chet Holmgren, who's the number one overall recruit in this 2021 class. So they're looking at, at possibly getting the number one recruit and the number six seven recruit um, in the same class, and and still having some some really good players, I'm sure, come back off this team. Yeah, it's Gonzaga. It's not just not somebody you've uh, you're used to seeing, you know, ranked the top ten in a recruiting class in a given year. Yeah, no, they're not. I mean, obviously, they've had a lot of success on the court, and, and sure. from year to year, they they've been you know in that number one seed discussion and and making some pretty deep tournament runs. But no, uh, we haven't we haven't really seen them pop up. Especially, you know, they've gotten one here or there, but to get if they were to get two top ten recruits in the same class, um, that that would that would really be something. Get you back to uh, the Kentucky-Bama game tomorrow. Um, what would the script look like if Kentucky is able to pull off a win in Tuscaloosa? I think Alabama's got to miss threes. I think Kentucky has to has to make threes. Um, and I, I think they've got to be smart with the basketball. Uh, you know, it, it would help to, you know, we, we've seen Olivier Sauer pop up at times and have some really good offensive games. Uh, I, I think... Somebody, somebody has to step up from an individual perspective, and then just as a team, they just got to make shots. And you know, it looked like they might do that against LSU, and then they they come out and, and miss so many toward the end, one of nine from three in the, the second half. Uh, they they keep saying over there, this is a good shooting team, and they shoot well in practice. And I, I mean, I've seen these guys make shots in the past too. You don't just lose that ability. Uh, we just still have not seen it um, in games, and I think to beat a team like Alabama, they're going to score points. They're going to score a lot of points, no matter how how well you play on defense. And uh, he, I mean, you, you got to punch back with them at some point. Ben Roberts, thank you much. All right, thanks a lot, Tom. Heading to a break, Keith Farmer from WLAX TV, BBN Tonight, coming up next on the Leach Report Radio Network. Next up on the Kentucky stop. Online, we welcome in Keith Farmer for WLAX TV and the BBN Tonight Show. And uh, Keith, we'll start with UK women and their uh, thumping at the hands of Tennessee yesterday. What happened? Well, I don't know. Just ran into a buzzsaw. A team that really had kind of had a chance to get ready for Kentucky by taking on Connecticut, right? So they had kind of, you know, had the chance to play a really strong team. I'm not that Kentucky's not, but but I just, you know. One of those games, maybe it's one of those throwout games, you know, for Kentucky and, and Tennessee looked great. 
Sound as far as just being a, a throw out, I was listening to um, Darren Hedrick's call at the start, and he was just talking about how Kentucky it was just standing around. There was not much movement, um, and uh, you know, Ryan Howard, I think, was what three of sixteen. It was. There are times when, over the course of a season, for for every team, there's usually uh, you know there's one or two of those games where you, you everything's going in, you can't miss, and there's a couple other games where you just don't have it for whatever reason uh maybe we never know what what the reason is but it certainly kind of sounded and, and looked like that may have been the case for kentucky yesterday and those are so strange when it comes to a team because just get it if it was just like a player here or there you know but for a team to be standing around and doing something they really haven't done all season um is strange you know and uh, you know or you get it if it's just a bad shooting night but to make it something as simple as just a movement of the basketball or movement of the players, that, that that's tough. So they'll learn from it. They'll bounce back. Um, this is a good team. Now Kentucky, to the Kentucky men, their trip down to Tuscaloosa tomorrow, and then they have Texas coming in on Saturday. So um, there are two opportunities to, to make a statement uh, that – what we saw in the LSU game was was not an outlier. That uh, that they've maybe um, had a a bit of a transformation. I'll ask you what I was asking Ben Roberts a moment ago. If Kentucky pulls off the upset tomorrow night in Tuscaloosa, what would it look like? How would they do it? Uh, you know, a lot like what they did. Um, well, well, first off, this time it's going to have to start on the defensive end. I mean, you know, just what we saw happen against Alabama in Rupp Arena. They can't have that happen. There's got to be hands and faces, and uh, you might have to run them off that three-point line and give a lot of help defense. I think that's where it all starts. And then just continuing what they did uh, in the game against LSU offensively, which is uh, more of those uh, alley-oop dunks, which we haven't seen a lot of this season until then, and uh, just taking good shots. Um, you know, I, I really would be okay if they didn't take a lot of threes, um, you know, taking those 15-footers in the end. The uh, the lob dunks is something that was very evident in this game, and maybe part of that was the LSU was pressing them early and they, they got out in space. But they tried to uh, get a few of those down at Georgia, too. I think maybe it got a couple for Jackson. So uh, I think it's a tweak they've made and, and some things they're doing to try to, to uh, you know, they've got great length. Uh, great leaping ability, so makes sense to try to build their two-point shooting percentage, which had been the worst of, of Cal's teams, uh, to build that up. And uh, the other night, uh, they shot 53% uh, you know, in the lane, around the basket, and that's what you know was like 40% when they lost to Alabama. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I mean, that's where it really needs to start. When you hear uh, a lot of shooters, especially the way they've struggled through a season, usually it's just like, oh, if I had trouble in a game, then I'm going to start with layups and, and 10 to 15 footers, and then I'll start working my way out. Uh, I feel like that's how this team, as, as a team, needs to do it. It needs to be, you know, looking inside, getting the, the shot falling, seeing it go, and then you can step out and start taking some of those three pointers when they're available and, and not, you know, making them bad shots where there's somebody in your face. Uh, you got to make sure it's the open man for the three and give them a real good look. Uh, a lot of inside out passing with would help uh, you know with that. I know a lot of shooters like to to see the ball come to them straight at them, so then they're lined up already to take that shot. So uh, you know that, that's some of the the easy things that you, you say is easy, but uh, a lot of times defenses can try and take that stuff away from you. But I'd certainly like to see uh, the Cats continue all, all along those lines. 
Chat with Keith Farmer. You can uh, watch him on the BBN Tonight Show coming up at uh, seven thirty tonight Eastern Time here in Lexington, and uh, you can go to uKathletics dot com and see where you can find it elsewhere around the state if you you can't access it through the Lexington market. Um, with uh, BJ Boston's last couple of games, eighteen against Georgia, and then eighteen the other night, he had a couple of and ones, so he was able to, to finish a couple of shots through contact and get to the line, hit the two threes for the first time. Do you uh, see uh, in what you've seen these last two games? Do you think uh, BJ has had a, a breakthrough? Yeah, you know, I, I think the benching was a, a an eye opener, and I, not necessarily that it was a bad thing. I think it just made him wake up to you know the fact of okay, this is what I'm seeing on the floor at the start of a game. Uh, I think less uh, flip shots, <laughs> which Coach Cal hates seeing. Um, I think the thing to me that was impressive about his game against LSU is the amount of time that he was on the floor and being as productive as he was. I mean. You know, he had games there where he was playing only maybe 18 minutes and wasn't very productive and was missing a lot of shots. And so for him to play as well as he did the other night and do it over 34 minutes of the game, I think that's the most encouraging part of it is that he's he's really getting it now. And, you know, to be fair, these guys, I mean, what, 14 games in, uh, something like that? And, yep. you know, this would only be like the second game normally in the SEC at this point. And here they are, you know... <laughs> They, they've played the majority of, of uh, games in conference already. So, um, you know, it, it's good to see them kind of feel, you feel like they're kind of getting it now, as Cal's teams do. Um, unfortunately, they're pretty far into the SEC schedule, so there's not much time. You know, they've got to really buckle down and, and keep winning these league games. Keith, thank you. You bet. Keith Farmer, you can see him on tonight. BBN tonight, 7.30 uh, Eastern Time tonight, and uh, LEX TV. Uh, this Day in Wildcat History is presented by the new Rave On app. David Robinson went for 45 for Navy in a loss to Kentucky in Rupp Arena, uh, and that was in uh, 85, and or excuse me, in uh, 87. And uh, it's a Rupp Arena record for an opposing player. Pete Maravich holds the all-time record for an opposing player. Uh, Chris Mills, former Kentucky player, first uh, triple-double belonged to Chris Mills. Uh, he celebrates a birthday today. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to LeachReport at gmail.com. See you next time right here on The Leach